0: Hello and welcome to this, episode four of our top five podcasts. Today, Sam and I will be looking at the best cars in the British Touring Car Championship.
1: Hello. Yes, we are back for a fourth week. Um another week in quarantine. How has your week been, mate?
0: The same as every other, just full of depression and you know boredom, four walls, two screens, getting quite dull yourself.
1: Yeah, uh, keep it cheery. <laughs> um yeah, same old, same old. Uh, plenty of work to do, not much else to do outside of that, apart from eating and sleeping pretty much. Um
0: You did fix the Mazda though.
1: I've half Ish. half fixed the Mazda for for now, um, yeah. but yeah, the, the the two weeks I've got off at the end of the month, we'll we'll finally sort that out hopefully, and you never know, we that might actually fair. be allowed out by then to go for a fun little drive, but we'll see. Um, we'll see. Well, I think we should get straight into it then. Um, obviously, we've got top five cars this week. We've got several different manufacturers between us that we're going to cover. Um, and even different cars within those manufacturers. Uh, so we'll start with your number five, please.
0: In at number five, it is a very specific car, uh, rather than a sort of overall brand, and it is the BMW 320si. So Matt Jackson drove this car. Uh, we had the uh, RX driving RAC, for a while. Yeah. 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 Um, i'll put it in there because it was we discussed it last time on our nearly men podcast it's the title that came so close sorry it's the cast that came so close to giving an independent a title yep um it was by country mile the best car on the grid um it was even better than the vectra which had dominated the year previously in my opinion it was a stronger car than the vectra um it was just that down by some reliability a driver error for what of a better word um And it sort of brought BMW back into the sport. It had been, obviously, a lot in the 80s and 90s, but it's kind of had a gap in the early uh, 2000s, late 90s. Uh, Honda had very much taken over the... uh, and Vauxhall taken over the dominance of the sport. And this was sort of the way back in for BMW. uh, And that's been a very successful reintroduction to the sport when you look at what BMW cars have gone on to achieve in the series.
1: Yeah, it was an excellent car. Um, It seemed very easy those drivers to be able to drive as you say Matt Jackson and that team Team RAC and that striking orange and white livery uh, who yep. can forget that yeah it, it was a very competitive car and I think well certainly BMW comes up in my list because of the 3 Series um, yeah and it's it's a fantastic car and as you say it had success in, in the 90s um, had a little break from the sport no one quite really knew why, um, and then came back very, very strongly.
0: Yeah, you had a couple of independents running some sort of the older style three series, um, sort of in that early two thousands era, but not in a not in the way they had dominated the sport throughout the nineties and how they've gone to dominate the sport since. Yeah. Um and this really was sort of that shoe back in to show BMW is still a very good option uh, as a car to bring to this series. Uh, and Jackson had it not been for a little bit of Rain at Croft and a little mm. bit of bad luck here and there probably would have won the title in it. Yeah. Um it certainly sort of brought Team BMW back into the sport. Uh, they've later come back in of course under the team BMW, Team BMW banner. Um and Team RAC sort of moved towards BMW from that series and it's brought them great success.
1: massive success really. Um they they've been a dominant force under Team RAC, WSR um using that b m w platform um all the way through since round about two thousand and seven wasn't
0: it yeah yeah, so that's it's not the best car we've ever seen, but it's also the gateway effect that it gave of bringing back the uh, the boys from Bavaria back into the sport um and it's it's worth placing the list for me,
1: yeah, I completely agree with you as you'll see it will come up later in my list um but moving on to my number five position, um, a car that was not in the championship very long, only two seasons, in fact, was a huge flash in the pan, some might say. But personally, for me, the car looked absolutely fantastic, and that was the Alpha 155. Yes, it was a little little boxy, but in that classic uh, red and white with the Alpha li- livery and logos all over it. Run by two Italians, um, came in in 1994, won the opening five rounds um, with Tarquini, Gabriele Tarquini at the wheel. He went on to win the title in his debut season. And for a car to come into a championship that was so competitive in the mid 90s and just go, boom, that's what we can do, we can go in, win the championship outright. And then, like in 1995, Alpha Corsa, who were running the team, left. They they went back to Italian Super Touring Championship, and um, the team was taken on by Prodrive, um, who we probably know a bit more about in World Rally Championship. Obviously owned by Dave Richards. um, And in fact, in 1995, they didn't actually win a single race, which as I said it's a flash in the pan but I think it's one of the best looking and one of the cars in the championship that's had an immediate impact as soon as it's come in now yeah there have been other Alfa Romeo's run within the championship we've seen the 156 we've seen the 147's um, but that 155 was the first foray into the championship for Alfa Romeo and it was a hell of a start for them
0: yeah um, I to understand why they're in your list. As you say, sort of hit the ground running in a way that a lot of other cars do not. It um, takes a lot of time normally to get a car ready to win the championship. One um, of the great deliveries on the grid, as you as you pointed out, um, certainly was strong. The only criticism would be it didn't kick-start an Alpha Romeo revolution, and it's not... Uh, they weren't in the championship for particularly long, like, albeit they achieved a lot in the two seasons they were there. It's just a shame they haven't got the longevity of under BMW yeah. Vauxhall because they should be a
1: powerhouse of the sport Oh yeah, you, you can see how Alfa Alpha Romeo have been a big contender and players in the motorsport scene especially now, last season coming into Formula 1 as a fully fledged racing team I'd love to see Alfa Romeo back on the grid um, in possibly a Julia. where well, we had the Giulietta three, two seasons ago and unfortunately that again was another flash in the pan but if they could build up some consistency then I do believe that they could have competitive cars in the championship
0: Oh absolutely they're a team or a brand that screams race pedigree um, across various different disciplines of the sport, even rallycross historically, it's just a shame that they haven't vested more into the touring cars in ways that other teams have done because They've had fairly good success, even in some of the other forms that have ran. With uh, you know, the, the more, more recent one, with Rob Austin, that had potential. You can yeah. see it towards the end of its first season, it looked like it, it really did have a good potential to be strong in the championship.
1: Yep.
0: Um, 2006 saw the 156s. They were competitive. um all, albeit not set in the grid of blades, but they're competitive in two fairly average drivers' hands. Without being too disrespectful, they weren't in the hands of champions no so a, a lot more could have come from them it's just a pity that they haven't invested in the series mm. um, for me
1: yeah
0: well at number four I did have the Vauxhall Vectra um, from 2006 to 2007 so oh. Dr. Givinadi dominated in that car in yes, 2006 and, uh, six and 7 uh, sorry 7 and 8 winning uh, back, back titles
1: yep but I then remembered that
0: a previous version of the Voxel dominated for four
1: seasons. The Astra Coupe, cool. by any chance?
0: Absolutely, which gave us Thompson, Plato, Muller as champions. Yeah. Um, and absolutely Ooh. dominated the series for, from the turn of millennium. So it has to be in the list for me. It was Voxel has been in the series for as long as one can remember. Um, it's good to have them in the series today. Uh, but this was certainly for me their most convincing and uh, competitive era of, of British Touring Cars
1: oh yeah there, it was almost a time where everyone was running a Vauxhall Astra Coupe in some form or another yep. whether it was two or three seasons old people were still getting success out of it
0: yeah absolutely of course we then go on to see uh, in 2005 the new shape come in which didn't quite work out as well as uh, Vauxhall would have hoped for which is why they had reverted back to, uh, or to the Vectra and um, but certainly for those four years, nothing could get close to those Astro Coupes. Because if you hadn't won the title, second place was more unlikely of Boxel extra right. as well. Um, and that dominance and the amount of money and uh, resource were put into the sport during that period um, is one of the reasons British Touring cars is still so strong today. Because they just kept, kept the sport going. is too strong a term. But the amount of money uh, just experience they put into the whole thing Helped bring on the sport to where we are today, I
1: think. Yeah, they most certainly did, um, and it, it is good to see that there are still voxels on the grid, although much fewer voxels. It would be good to see Voxel getting back to those standards that they were setting in the 2000s, mid 2000s, um, and having more people running them on the grid, possibly.
0: That could well happen moving forward. Now they're back as a um manufacturer in the series um, there's talks that they are potentially looking to develop their own engine uh, for the new rule changes uh, rather than run the Swindon engines. Uh, I think if that happens we'll see a surge that we have done with Hondas, uh, BMWs or Voxels becoming available uh, as an alternative means for smaller teams or independents to start running. Uh, we've got to be back in the series properly um, with Power max for a couple of years. Yeah. And they've been doing a lot of developing during that time. It's only now they've really got a competitive car um, probably helped in part with how Plato and Collard have been able to bring that extra-level experience to bring them forward. Uh, I think they're certainly one to look out for the next two to three years uh, of another car back on the grid, possibly under its belt. well, that we'll have to see.
1: Yeah, I, I certainly think if they're looking to develop this car, then they'll probably be looking at new chassis, which obviously opens up the possibilities for other teams to buy the current chassis, um, because that seems to be the way in the touring cars at the moment, those lesser teams as it were they will buy up the older chassis in a look to improve their current form and obviously the the manufacturers will have those new ones coming in because they want the success yeah so who's
0: your number four
1: then well my number four is uh, fairly specific actually it's the seat leon um, so, so it, made, yeah,
0: you put this
1: in. it made its debut in 2006 Obviously, it came into the series after the, say, at Toledo, which yeah. was... It was the prize for the people winning the, say, at Cooper Championship. And people would get promoted into the BTCC team along with the possibility of having the £100,000 prize money, which is what happened with Matt Jackson, but he chose to go his own way and bought the BMW and had great success in that, as we've already talked about. But it came in 2006. It won the manufacturers in the first season. Absolutely robbed yeah. it. Um am I right to say that it won the first three rounds of the season? Uh certainly won the it first won two races of the season, didn't it? Yeah,
0: James Thompson.
1: Um and in the sort of like three seasons it was there, so it was there for two thousand six, seven and eight. It won thirty races. Yeah. Which is astonishing. Whole season. It, yeah. To come in and win the average of 10 races in three each season for three seasons, when we've seen BMW, n- not last season but the season before, win, what, 11 in one season? And that was with yeah. three drivers, not two. It, it's an astonishing achievement for, quote, a smaller team, because they weren't very well established by then. Um, it does beg a huge question, though. Go on.
0: Harker, it's not a title winning car. As in a, cha- cha- a driver's championship winning
1: car. Yes, exactly. Um, so that's that's why it's not higher in my list, personally. Um, is that it only won the manufacturers. And yes, it came close to a title with Plato at the wheel. Um, but it was never quite enough. Um, but also, it bought the first ever diesel power car to the championship And that was a roaring failure, really. Um, It 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 won a couple of races in that season, but it had major reliability issues, and I think that's possibly the undercurrent for the whole team, is that there were reliability issues across those seasons, which means a driver didn't get pushed all the way to the title.
0: The reason it's not in my list is because it's not a title-winning car. So every car in my list, bar the BMW, uh, which would got to spawn later editions that would win a title have one at least one title
1: yeah
0: um on on paper as i've said before on previous podcasts, was the best car on the grid for me in 2006 i'd be not as much 2007 but certainly 2006 it was the best car on the grid and should have achieved more yes um you do wonder if James Thompson had done a whole season rather than do split with the World Touring Cards, so he would have won the title that year. Yeah. There's a lot of what a vouchery, but he was certainly still in the hunt for it in the last weekend despite missing rounds, which is crazy. Yep. Um but the reason it's not on the list for me, it, just because it should it should have achieved more. Um and I think say I've got it wrong in giving Darren Turner the seat as well. I, I don't think that was a good move from them. It's really? sort of a long time ago. To get rid of a two-time world uh, two-time touring car champion alongside a single-time touring car champion at the time and give a relative rookie the seat when team dynamics are your main competitor along with Vauxhall, who are giving established drivers the drive yeah i, I think that tells you why they fell away from the sport because at Hot team dynamics you had neil and shedden established drivers who got on and helped bring the car forward no end at Vauxhall you had Gibernaldi, who just oozed class, along with Tom Chilton, good young driver, solid safe pair of hands. You bring Matt Neal into the equation as well at one point of uh, Vauxhall. That just seems Seat just seems to get so much wrong. In, as you mentioned, going with the diesel power car as well, they seem to get so much wrong when they had the championship at their, at their fingertips.
1: So, do you think their downfall was having that other Saek Cooper Championship where they were almost? Sometimes forced into promoting the winner from that into the main BTC drive alongside the Plato.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think you what they should have done is what they did at some points is to have three cars running and yeah. have your two main drivers and then your rookie and your wild card, if you like. Yeah. Um, just looking back at what Steph should have achieved in that car in that period to what they actually achieved, you start looking at how many, in my opinion, poor decisions they made, which was. Going to diesel when nobody else had tried it. Yep. Um, therefore, it's a if it had worked, we'd be seeing saying genius. But
1: mm.
0: it went so catastrophically wrong. You, you, there's a reason nobody had done it before and nobody's done it since. Yeah. And it was a catastrophic error, and they ruined what was a ridiculously good car. Yeah.
1: Um, as you as you say, they with, they withdrew in 2008, but they were still say at Leon petrol versions. say yes. At Leon's run until 2010 by independents
0: um the ace cool team springs to mind in yeah. 2008 that other who drove for them, but it was a horrendous livery <laughs> um
1: so yeah they in the short time that they were in the series they had tremendous success but yes it it's a very much what could have been um but yeah so going on to your yep. third place
0: uh, third place is a BMW and I can tell you exclusively now that BMW is not in the top two for me which may come as a surprise, but in at number three is the BMW 125i M Sport. Get all of that down, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Uh, in, won two championships in this car, came second another year. Um, first developed by eBay Motors who gave them the greatest liveries in my opinion of all time. Yeah. I loved that black car, with eBay colours down the side, it worked so well. We've seen Independents do well in it, Uh, with Stephen Jelly. We saw Tordoff come close to a title in one. Um, Was it 2016? I can't remember the top of my head now. With Collard and Goff alongside him. Um, I can't wait to see Bordley in one this year, because I think we're going to see more of him. I was going to say,
1: it'll be interesting to see how he develops the car from obviously running the Volkswagen for the last two seasons. We know how dire they have been. Um so it'll be interesting yeah. to see if he makes a leap forward ahead of people like the Mercedes. Yeah. Which we expect to struggle.
0: Exactly. Um it's the car that also sort of uh, WSR decided they wanted to get involved and in that sort of brought WSR back into the sport at the top level. Yeah. Um I just think it's an incredible car. There's a reason it was in the sport for so long. There's a reason it's got two championships under its belt. Um it wasn't untouchable in the same way in my opinion the 320 was um, Colin won championships but albeit a lot closer but it did the job it was mm. good in the wet as well that was, that was the key for it because where the 320 fell down the uh, 125 was
1: better in the wet it coped well in the wet because of the shape the, sh- the chassis I was going to um, say it, it was, didn't go to pieces it was a smaller more nimble car wasn't it than the 3 Series obviously the 3 Series was fair, fairly long and I um, yeah. I think yeah as you say the shape of it it held it held the corners much better in the wet
0: and it was the car that broke the civic monotony you know it was the hatchback was very much the way to go um civics had absolutely led the way in that in that sense and this was the car that really put put pay to the civic and challenged it and
1: eventually wrestled some of the power away from it yeah most definitely um uh, number three for you. Number three for me. Uh, we're going for another little bit of throwback. Um, so this car originally debuted, debuted in 1991, uh, but pulled out again in 1994, and then came back very successfully between 1997 and ninety I'm on about the Nissan Primera. Um, so it has 25 wins to its name. Um, famously driven by David Leslie, Anthony Reid, and Tiff Nidell. Yes, him yeah. from Fifth Gear. Um, in its first season back in 97, it, it almost eased itself in. Um, just got comfortable with the championship again, um, got its legs under the table, and then really pushed on in the second season. Second season, it took nine wins uh, and took Anthony Reid to within touching distance of the title um, and won the manufacturer's title in 1998. And then in nineteen ninety nine, Laurent Alio won the title with David Leslie in second, uh, and they won the manufacturer's title with a lead of more than a hundred and fifty points, which is astounding yeah. um, for a dominance. a third a third season car. Um, it's well developed. They had the right drivers in at the right time, and uh, yeah, in that season, it took thirteen wins. Which was astonishing at that stage. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, unfortunately, in 2000, there was a mass exodus in the sport due to rising costs. So Nissan, along with Renault and Volvo, all parted from the championship. And unfortunately, we haven't seen a Nissan since of note. And or a Renault. <laughs> or a Renault. Yeah. Um. And it's it's a manufacturer. I think. Could possibly come back into the championship. I'm not quite sure with what car. Um, but... Car. <laughs> I certainly think <laughs> that if we move to a more hybrid version of the championship. Which we're looking to. Then I think Japanese yeah. companies may be coming back in with more, more power behind them. And more knowledge. And actually work it into a way to produce... Sponsorship and marketing for them in this country. Um, yeah. And, and finally, Matt Neal used one of the X cars to win the Independence Championship in 2000 and finished 10th overall, taking one outright win. Um, it, it's a fantastic car. It's a fantastic car, and I think it had a great livery with that huge Primera written down the side of it in blue and white. Um, mm. it, it was certainly a car with a notable livery
0: yeah it, it, it might be it's still the bmws but it's still a bit the same colors and almost same arrangement as the bmw i think it's a good point you make about the hybrid engines looking forward because obviously there's a temptation perhaps for japanese companies to look at how well toyota were doing in the sport yep. um how well one person developed a car to actually get them on board as a main car supplier um obviously honda another example of a japanese company in the sport doing very well yeah lexus may want to consider coming back in they've done hybrid uh, cars for years they might exactly. consider a, a route back into the sport um it'd be good to have this and back on the grid for sure um it didn't make my top five just because it wasn't really my era to be honest with you. i remember playing on the toker race games um, <laughs> yeah so do i <laughs> it wasn't really my era uh, to be fair the stats you give make it you know unequivocally with the best cars that been on the grid for sure. Oh yeah, it's hard test it's won every championship.
1: Especially in that time as well as well, when you had the Audi A4, you had the Ford Mondeo, you had the Renault Laguna, you had the Volvo. It's like those eclectic super touring cars and it still managed yeah. to rise to the top. Um yeah. that's why it gets into my list.
0: The Renault Laguna is an honourable mention for me. It's not in my top two, but I will take the moment now just to say that was a stunning car. Yeah. NESCAF gold, uh, Green and gold, and I miss Renault being in the sport. It's look oh at the yeah, manufacturers that aren't on the grid is
1: crazy. I was going to say you could easily put Renault again straight into the championship as that hatchback, yeah, hatchback car, and I reckon it would be more competitive than the Mercedes are at the moment.
0: I'd be excited about the Volvo C30,
1: uh, C30 or the. Um, v40 the saloon yeah yeah um, and i think even now in world touring cars they're running an s60
0: well the volvo's dominated the serenity during cars for years as well you know so yeah. it's it's crazy that the, those big names you've mentioned aren't in the series i know we're diverging slightly but it's you look at the sort of dominance they had in the early years of, or more recent in our time, early years yeah. of the sport, and then it's Matheson not still on the grid.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's going to have to be another another podcast for all those cars that we want back on the grid and want to see back in the championship to get a more eclectic mix. I
0: would agree. I'd agree. I potentially, but I'll save I'll save that for when we do that part. Actually, instead go on to number two on my list. Yes, and number two is perhaps. Who well, is the most controversial on the, my list and I think it's the most controversial on the list so far um, and it is the Honda Integra Type R uh, so yes. the, the rules are that to race a car in the British Touring cars that car has to be available in the UK and has to have sold so many units in the UK. Uh,
1: they are the current regulations yes.
0: And it was the regulation back then as well they got around it on the basis that the Acura was a Model, yeah, which is being sold in uh, other places. Therefore, it counted, even though the Integra wasn't for sale in this country, the Acura was.
1: No, it, it was diff. It was same car, different badge.
0: Yes, basically. Yeah. yeah. Effectively, yeah. Yeah. So there was a little bit of uproar when it first came into the title uh, series, but let me just give you some stats if I can. Go on. Uh, all in all, 180 races. Yep. So 180 races were entered with a Honda uh, Integra. 27 wins, 7 poles, and 27 fastest laps. Yep. It's got two Drivers' Championships under its belt, 2005-2006, both for Matt Neal. Yep. Uh,
1: Dan Eves won three races in it, famously at uh, Thruxton. Thruxton, uh, yeah. A, a, feat,
0: a feat only repeated uh, recently by Mr. Plato. Yep. Was it Plato? It was yes Plato, it was. yeah. I wasn't going nice? Um... Team Dynamics absolutely dominated in 2005 and 6 with the car but it's been used by several other notable drivers so uh, Mike Jordan Andrew Jordan Paul O'Neill James Kay and Dave Pinkney are all examples of uh, drivers that had good success
1: don't forget Lee Wood
0: I said good success oh sorry Uh, for the same reason I haven't got John George in the list either although his role at Brands Hatch was quite spectacular and will stick in the memory for a long time Um, But yeah, it's a car that revolutionised the sport, I think. Um, Sort of took the dominance of Vauxhall for a couple of years at least and sort of brought Honda right back into British Touring Car at the top level. And Honda have been at that top level ever since.
1: Yeah, most certainly. I completely agree. They're second on my list as well. Um, They won on their debut at Donington and went on to win seven of the first nine rounds in the first year in the championship in 2005 and won 12 of the 30 rounds that season that is impressive Um, yeah it's people some people say it's the best chassis we've had on the grid Um, and what I'm quite astonished by is that there's only ever been five cars five different chassis and so for that to happen, and obviously one of them got written off by John George, but the rest of them went all the way through until they were gradually phased out. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Well, let's not forget, of course, that Matt Neal
0: in two thousand and five finished every single round in the points in that car, not a single mechanical breakdown at all. And so that is down to luck, but still so that is also down to just the sheer brilliance of that car.
1: Oh yeah, it's amazing reliability from. A manufacturer, more specifically, uh, make within there. Yeah, I'm not sure we've ever seen that sort of consistency since. Cars have got close, yes, but to be in the top ten for every round is amazing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Not to
0: have a, a puncture or yeah you know, anything go wrong no. for an entire season is well, it's, it's godly, isn't it? Yeah incredibly
1: impressive they were were always good on their tyres as well um, even at the challenging Thruxton Um, Dan Eves showed that, that he was able to deal with they still had reverse grid races then didn't they Yeah. Um, so he was able to deal with that and come back through the pack and go on to win that third race to uh, complete his uh, triple but yeah, it's an amazing car really
0: Absolutely, so you didn't get even of our top spots though, so I'm intrigued to what did make your top spot.
1: so the reason that they didn't get my top spot was because I know the car only has a certain lifetime, and yep. they haven't gone on past where they eventually phased the car out. I think it was two thousand and eleven the last time we saw one, yeah, and with others, they've bought cars into the championship and then gone on to the next model, and the next model, and the next model. And that's no fault of people running in the British touring cars, that's just because Honda haven't gone on to make more integrals. So my number one is the BMW 3 Series. So the 3 Series as a whole. So we've had M3s, we've had 318s, 320s, 330s. But they started back in 1991 as a manufacturer, and before that they were even a Group B car. They've had yep. 71 wins since 1991. Um, in the first season, they took place as a, took part as a manufacturer. They won over half the races, and took Will Hoy to the title. The season after, took Tim Har- took Tim Harvey to the title. The season after, took Winklehawk to the title. To come into a series like the touring cars in that age and go boom, 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 and deliver three titles in a row, that's a hell of a start for a constructor. Yes, they had, as we've talked about, that period of almost uncertainty um, where they dropped out of the championship through people not running cars. Um, But they ran cars all the way up to 98, um, came back again in the early 2000s, a few production entry levels, you remember Tom Boardman? He raced one. Vaguely. Yeah. Um. And then, as you say, they had their comeback in 2006, 2007. Uh, first of all, it was an independent, and then Team RAC, and that Matt Jackson BMW. And then, yeah, the season that we've just seen with that three series, <laughs> as people were saying, it's like a DTM car. It's that quick that people are cautious about how good it is but I think it's another car that will go on to have longevity in the sport and for me it's number one because of the length of time and yes it's dipped in and out but when it's come in it's more or less had success straight away
0: yep it's certainly a staple of the touring cars Um, That's that's unquestionable I think in modern era, the the one series is better. Really, I have to say. Yeah, I think that the current one they've got is fantastic. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but there's a lot of questions about how legal is too strong a word. How compliant it is some of the rules? let say. Yeah. Um, and you do wonder that as we're now in a long, long, long off season, where a few teams are currently looking into uh, before the season starts how the car is set up that's pure conjecture on my part but I'm just thinking that it did cause a lot of problems last year with how the car was set up uh, for some people uh, some will say they just saw losers others will say there is something there certainly they had their power turned down they were nowhere near as dominant as it, as they had been in the first half of the mm. season which allowed Kamish to get back into the title um, but yeah the free series as a whole in the touring cars as a series as a whole is Unquestionably one of the best cars on the grid, Shadow
1: mm-hmm. of out. Yeah, and it, it's had consistency as well. Um, it's not yes. very often you'll see mechanical failures from it. It's not very often you'll see punches or those little nitty gritty niggles. Yeah. They're a very consistent manufacturer within the series. And as, as I'm guessing your number one probably is, to be up there.
0: Yeah, well, my number one um, goes along longevity.
1: Yep.
0: It goes along um, history they've already made in the sport, uh, and the fact that there are still cars of this ilk on the grid today. Yeah. I am talking of the Honda Civic.
1: Yes.
0: So the replacement for the Integras, uh, since their introduction in two thousand and two, uh, so not by the Honda team, but that was the first set of introductions which mm. had. Uh, Chilton and Proctor as early drivers Um, the old
1: Civic Type R the really boxy ones
0: yeah yeah there have been 83 entrants in this car from 2002 to 2019 yeah and that just tells you how good a car it is and how accessible the car it is Um, through all of its time in the sport it's been a competitive car Uh, Tom Chilton made a very big name for himself in his Lego Star Wars one back in the day it's had Five British Touring Car Champions yep. in the car including three years on the bounce of a Civic Driver uh, win the title um, And you just look at the longevity and what that car has achieved it's dominated the sport For I can't do maths particularly well but they're still on the grid today so it's 18 years they've been in the series 18 yep. years yep. and through all of those 18 seasons they've been competitive they've won races they've challenge for championships they've won championships they've won manufacturers um, they've provided a good way to get into the sport Matt Simpson's been competitive relatively speaking in his as, a, as an example that comes to mind BTC have taken on three civics or last year two civics and taken them on so much further than other teams have in the past I just I can't think of a better car on the grid
1: yeah, I think moving through from that boxy-shaped Civic, obviously, to the really like rounded one. Of course, we had the Civic Tourer as well for one season. Yeah. Um, and then moving into the sleeker-looking, almost saloon des- design now in the FK8. Yeah, longevity is unquestionable, and performance throughout that longevity has been excellent and fantastic. And as you say. They've bought so many titles to the teams that they've repaid them 10 times over. Yeah.
0: 18 years without... And they've moved every time. So, in 18 years, there have been no gaps, and they've adapted the cars all through the 18-year period to yep. keep them competitive. I, I accept that they weren't particularly competitive, if you like, until dynamics changed from the Integra to the Civic. Yeah. But they were still, There were still decent cars
1: there and thereabouts on, the on the grid, being run by people like exactly. James Kay. I remember in, in one.
0: Yeah. 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 And then when Dynamics actually took them on as their main car, they've just they've gone through so many different eras of the sport, years of the sport, and they've adapted each time. They're still competitive today. Cavish could have won last year quite easily, yeah. uh, had they not been for various problems of brakes. Um, and again generally speaking that's another car like the BMW that is reliable you yeah. don't often see a problem with the dynamics particularly dynamics Honda
1: oh yeah uh, the incredibly well set up and almost easy to fix does that make sense Yes. Yeah. Um,
0: I think it's because it's the familiarity they've had that car in some version now for so many years that they're used to it. they're comfortable yeah. with the car they know how to set it up they know what tweaks to make Camish came and hit the ground running in his Neil's been at the top for as long as I can remember. In his, Shedden won championships in his. Jordan won his championship in his. Yeah. It's. It is. Yeah, I can't think of a better car on the grid.
1: Yeah, it, it is a fantastic car, and is certainly worthy of its place on the grid nowadays. Um, and it will be great to see how the challenge between the three series and the Civic develop over the next season and the seasons after that. And also, going back to the hybrid point, whether they'll make that adaptation again to move into that new hybrid era that we're going to eventually move into anyway.
0: Yeah, I think they will. I think they will, yeah, because they so get like. so much out of the series. And also, that that car produced, in my opinion, one of the greatest liveries of all time, which was the uh, goth, smith, black and yellow civics, which were... Wicks Racing, yeah. they were they were gorgeous, they were <laughs> absolutely gorgeous, those cars, and again, not in the hands of Team Dynamics, but they were so quick, those cars, Goth oh, yeah. and Smith were always at the front, or there thereabouts, took wins in the car as well, just phenomenal, just phenomenal.
1: Yeah, well, that kind of sums up our top five, each of us really, um, there are many, many other cars that people will think, should have been in there, Um and looking back between our two lists, there are probably cards that should have been in each other's. So as you say, you probably, if the Sayat had done more, it would have probably got into your list, and yeah. vice versa. Um, so, just a run through of my list uh, I had in fifth the Alpha 155, yes, a flash in the pan, but a very good flash in the pan. Um, at fourth, I had the Sayat Leon could have done more but in those three seasons that it was there it achieved a huge amount uh, a little throwback in third place to Nis- nissan Primera, um, that unfortunately had to pull out the sport due to financing issues um, second we both had the honda integra which was a phenomenal chassis um, and produced some excellent races uh, and top of my list is the bmw3 series as a whole um, running for so long in the championship obviously had a few dips in and out but has always been competitive
0: indeed well my top 5 uh, I have the BMW 320 SI at the bottom uh, the car that other than the events has come closest to giving an independent a title that also brought BMW back into the sport which I think most people agree is a good thing it certainly yeah. made it more competitive at the top in at number four is four years of dominance, uh, that was the Vauxhall Astra Coupe, which won the championship uh, four years on the bounce with different drivers, uh, early part dominance to the millennium. In uh, at number three was the BMW 125 M Sport, two championships claimed uh, for Colin Turketon in this car, uh, has had longevity on the grid with Jelly and now Bordley. Um, and Todd also came close to championship in that car too. Number two, as you say, the Honda Integra, um, stats on that are incredible Um, and it it was certainly a welcome addition to the sport another one for longevity access and achievement it's the Honda Civic uh, five champions in that car says all you need to say
1: yeah it's fantastic Uh, well we hope that you've enjoyed this podcast Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on your top five cars that we've seen throughout the era um, of touring cars obviously we've looked a bit Closer at the era that we've been following most, um, yep. and we hope that you all stay safe, stay home, um, and next week, what shall we bring them?
0: Well, we've mentioned it briefly and there. We tickled them with it with cars. We'd like to see back on the grid, um, and I've got a particular rule change I want to mention on that podcast. so okay. Should we do cars? We want to see back on the grid in some form or other. Yes, most definitely. Uh, if we do manufacturers and potentially even models of that car back on the grid that we think would work well, yep, um, and discuss Russell's rules.
1: <laughs> okay, then that sounds excellent. Um, we'll be back again next Friday at seven pm. Um, make sure you go, follow, subscribe, share, give us a comment, some comments and feedback. You know all that everyone else tells you to do, um, and we'll see you again this time next week. Cheerio. Remember to subscribe, follow, and also share our podcasts for more touring car updates. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook by just searching for BTCP, British Touring Car Podcast, and you can also contact us there or on our email at btccpod at gmail.com.